It's episode 92 of Leading Ladies of Corpus Christi, and I'm sitting across from Morgan Bartell, who wears many hats. She's the social media manager for Susan's Custom Jewelers. She's the social media coordinator for Inspire Coastal Bend Magazine, and she is also a co-creator of the Bartell Family Vlog on YouTube, which I think is so awesome, in addition to contractor work that you do for websites and videos and that kind of thing. Just and a few things. Girl, I thought that's a mouthful. I'm like, am I even covering it all? I know I always feel weird when people ask like so what do you do for a living I'm like I can't just say like one thing I'm just like it's not one thing I just say I do social media management and website development that's actually a good one you guys are probably going to hear my kid in the background we have a new bunny at our house and he's he's, cute he's really cute and so good with him oh my gosh who knew bunnies were like good family pets probably everyone else except for me (laughs) (laughs) like learning all these new things but you always wanted one so it worked out really well like I remember being a little kid and seeing Audrey Hepburn have like a deer as a pet. And I was like, oh, I want a bunny. I want a long eared bunny. She and had a deer? She had a pet deer. Of course she did. And I thought that was so cool. That's pretty darn cool. And I didn't want a deer, but I was like, if she can have a woodland <laughs> creature, I want one. So we got him about a week ago and his name is Charlie. He's cool. When he acts up, it's Charles. Yeah. I saw <laughs> that's when things get serious. Yeah. No, I saw him do a little crazy spin kick fly thing and it reminded me of a cat. And I'm like, I think I could be on board with having a rabbit you running around. You can litter train him. He's part ninja, basically. Yeah. So. No, it's pretty darn cool. I like him. So something else I learned about you when I was doing research on you oh, is gosh. that you studied at the Gemolog- Gemological Institute of America. Oh, yeah. I've got some weird degrees. No. So is that what I think it is? So I married into the jewelry industry. Um, I married into a family of gemologists and I used to do sales in the jewelry store like way back in the day. I think that is so awesome. And I knew nothing. I was like, it sparkles and it's pretty. Well, you can't (laughs) sell like $30,000 diamonds with that knowledge. So yeah, I did all online correspondence at the Gemological Institute of America to get my accredited jewelry professional degree, my AJP. Yeah. Just so I could actually be able to sell stuff. And then turns out I'm terrible at sales. So... (laughs) I just have this random degree just sitting there. But I think you you could utilize it like in the real world. Like if you were to go to like a pawn shop or something. Oh my gosh. It was so fun right out the, right out the gate because I felt like all I was doing was being able to tell like if people had good stones or not. Like, yes. And it was kind of bad though because I would be looking over them like, mm, and there's something that we call frozen spit whenever it's a diamond <laughs> with so many inclusions <laughs> that you can't even see through it. Girl, I don't even know what an inclusion is. Oh my gosh. I didn't. So basically like tiny little fractures in a diamond. But but I still think that is so cool. So something my mom does, she is just one of those people that has an eye for, I guess, quality maybe. So she'll go to pawn shops is typically what she hits up all over the coastal bend. And she'll find a piece of jewelry. She'll fork out whatever they're asking for it. Take it to a gemologist and be like, hey, what? What, what is, is this, this actually worth? Yeah. worth? And uh, we have a buddy that does that yeah. with that and gold and different thrift stores yes, and estate that's what sales. I'm talking about. And he literally makes a full time living doing that. W- yeah. He'll go between here and Houston. It's absolutely nuts. Yeah. Because they like people don't know what they're giving up or they just don't oh care. My gosh. Or- like and when people bring in stuff after someone's passed and they're like, we don't know what this is. And we're over there like, oh, my gosh, you have no idea. And then on the other hand, you have people that think they have something that's museum quality. And you're like, it's glass. (laughs) (laughs) We're like, that was part of that, like, generation. Everything's glass. Yes. I still think that that's neat. I know, like, you're not really using it but it's a cool it's just that little like fun fact yeah I think that that's really neat so you're obviously very good at social media I am not at all how did you 
embrace it so readily and become really good at it because you're excellent at it. Okay, so back to Zanga days. Do you remember Zanga? It was a blogging format back in like the late 90s, early 2000s. I don't. It was way before MySpace. Okay. I used see, to, I didn't even use MySpace. I like <coughs> legit would lie about my age online just so I could like have a blog back in the day. Like, okay, but I think it's cool that you lied to have a blog. I'm like, and honestly, like, what was I posting out there? I'm like, okay, this is where I went today. I had this at lunch in the cafeteria. Surprise, like, Surprise, we're doing that now. I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> so I think that's why, like, it just kind of stuck. So I ended up doing that and was a beta tester for different blogging sites for a long time. And then my mom found out. And she's like, you're not 18. You don't need to be doing stuff like that on the internet. Wow. And so I still did it. Talk about drive. Yeah, talk about drive. I love to write. I love to share real life. And I guess I've always liked it since I was little. So that kind of helps, I guess. But then it just kind of stuck because all my family owns small business. See, that's cool. And they're all on shoestring budgets because mm-hmm. you have to allocate your funds to the best place. And most of the time that is honestly back into your overhead or your stock. And you don't know, you don't have marketing dollars, especially mm-hmm. if you're a small family business. There's seasons where you will. But I was like, how can we learn to utilize what is growing and coming up for our benefit? Yeah. And like literally taught myself to build websites just because we didn't have websites and we couldn't afford $5,000 to have someone build it back in the day. I mean, even now it's, it's kind of pricey. Oh my gosh. Not in the thousands, but no, I mean, I've had medical website builds where it gets up there, but I mean, most of the time, like it's like a little like $500 job, thousand dollar job, like, cause everyone can do stuff now Mm -hmm. cause there's all these template based things, Mm -hmm. but not everyone wants to. Yeah, absolutely. I don't. (laughs) There's days I don't either, but I'm like, Hey, that's a side hustle and I'll take it. Absolutely. I mean, do you enjoy it? You have to enjoy it. I absolutely love building websites and learning about different companies. I built one for somebody out of South Lake. That's an anesthesia company. Okay. I have no grid for anything anesthesiology yes whatsoever but they're like sending all this info over and they're like okay here's all of this make it sound good and look good oh my husband's walking in from work this will be fun yes so yeah i built that learned a ton about it but i'll just turn on worship music hi honey so yeah hi this is real thanks for letting me be in your house (laughs) i'm Brittany. (laughs) this is legit his life he's so used to just coming home and like somebody random sitting (laughs) oh my gosh either that like poor guy he knows if he comes in and i'm like hey i did something i either want to travel somewhere and i've already purchased the tickets okay see that's just awesome oh my i it's taken years he's he's good he's very good he came home like from work one day and i was like okay so don't be mad and he's like where are we going and when are we leaving and i was like cool i'm so glad you're good with it because i've already texted your mom (laughs) and you have the days off (laughs) see i think that's pretty sweet i never i never uh, make those those moves and i should i i admire that very much we've known each other since i was 13 so he's gotten so used to it really that's another question i have we're gonna get back to websites in a second sorry no 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 no. because you just triggered something i wanted to ask you where are you from Okay, here's going to get real interesting. Yes. So have you ever heard of Beaver, Oklahoma? No, but I saw this on your profile. Oh my you went God. to school there. <laughs> it is so <laughs> tiny. It is 1,100 people. It wow. fluctuates depending on how the farming life is at that time. Absolutely. But um, 1,100 people located right in the middle of the Oklahoma Panhandle, and it is the cow chip throwing capital of the world. Okay, how many people or uh, cities can boast that? 
Honestly. You are from the cow cow chip throwing cow chip capital throwing capital of the Girl, world. Girl, like ESPN two has like come out and covered it. Like are it's like kidding? a huge thing. <laughs> I didn't know that. Oh my gosh! Like I always make fun of it. I'm like it's like ESPN the Ocho from Dodgeball. I'm like like really is it actually being covered? But it is like we had they we had a gentleman that won like had the longest throw. Basically, you're flinging cow dung. It's disgusting. I've never actually done it. Do you use a tool? No, you throw it like a discus. Like they have like this huge <laughs> show basically out at the fairgrounds. Like we have a carnival. We have someone come and set up all the like, I'd say food trucks, but yeah, it's, it's like, like food festival. trailers yeah. basically. Like the sarsaparilla guy comes into town and like, it's, it's so, deal, it's so small town. It's so cute. I love it. I think that's cool. But yeah, we literally have shirts at that time of year that say I flung dung if you participated. So just real quick question about oh. the flinging of the, the <laughs> cow poop disc. Yeah. Are you wearing gloves? I mean, is it just like freehand? I would not ever touch one. My dad tried to give me two. I've seen people do it with gloves, but nobody that has ever wore gloves, to my knowledge, won. <laughs> so all these people bare palmed this thing. Yeah, guys, come on. Don't don't no. go out like that. You got to like, go barehanded. I'm like, you know, I have to tell you this. So Valeria Ford mentioned oh, I, I can't remember if it was on on the podcast or after words when we were talking about it but that in moldova she had family that actually built houses and they found a way to utilize cow dung to put it like between the bricks and yeah it would help keep the house cool or warm yeah so i just think that's interesting that have oh my that, gosh like, link, i know like, she was such a help too because like when i posted on social media that i was going to be going to romania and i'm like someone out there has had to have gone there and I don't know where to eat when we go over there and we're on a limited schedule and Valeria reaches out and she's like oh my gosh my friend lives there let me see what places to go that aren't touristy and she like sent over a list Ooh. I would we didn't even hit up any of them which I felt terrible about because we got there and I'm like oh my gosh it's probably a tourist trap but it looks fantastic I, yeah you want you want to do the touristy but she first. was such a help with everything That's she so really cool. was so it's so neat to see well all the are, connections y'all are linked I'm like in more ways than oh one. my gosh way more <laughs> the cow dung will forever <laughs> hold us Valeria we just became best friends oh my goodness oh my gosh so that's where you're from and I'm Big assuming that's Oklahoma. where you met your husband my husband is from a rival town bye guys have fun at Lowe's I'm sending my I boys know to Lowe's business. I know we were chatting before I know oh <laughs> oh no <laughs> okay i'm sending my husband to like go pick up stuff for a women's brunch at our church and i'm like i need you to go to lowe's and buy astroturf and he's like oh i can go to lowe's and i'm like i'm not sure i want to do this but you it gets you out of my <laughs> yeah maybe it's like you buying plane or uh yeah trip tickets i know it honestly levels out yeah yeah <laughs> i do travel hacking so i think you might spend more at lowe's than i do on plane tickets girl i'm gonna need to hit you up on that oh my gosh we're doing a whole series on it i've yeah. had so many people ask like so many and I'm so sick of like I know it sounds terrible because I love helping them but when you have everyone going I'm going here and here on this day and this day and I don't want to spend more than this I'm like cool go in off season Ooh, yeah I that's like my number yeah. one rule and I don't travel very much but it's always go off season off always season is yeah. the best and especially the in Europe oh really mm -hmm. dude girl love to talk yes we definitely will well i mean you're just gonna be putting out a series so we're gonna plug that later that'll be awesome so beaver Oklahoma <laughs> is where you're from i love it they even do like the cutest little fourth of july celebration where like there's like 12 baseball teams and they go head to head in these huge tournaments and i mean it's like that the kids the parents the grand even grandparents are doing it 
and then everyone gets together and like sits out blankets in the beds of their trucks and sits out by the baseball fields and like shoots off fireworks it's legit leave it to beaver like june cleaver status like that sounds, that sounds fun like i grew up knowing all my neighbors i know all my teachers like we could walk to everyone's houses like our parents didn't even need to know where we were going because they would probably see our bikes on the way home from work yep so that's how cool. i grew up not not in quite so little a town but in corpus i mean we were just stuck in this neighborhood and that was all of us, all of us kids hanging yeah. out on our bike. They knew, weren't worried about us. You oh, know? I loved it. Same. But my husband is actually from a town, like our rival town to Beaver. <laughs> so we were the Beaver Dusters. We had a beaver within a tornado for our mascot, which is actually pretty cool. It's pretty, it's pretty BA when you really look at I it. I want to see it. I'll have to pull it up. Please but, do. Um, my husband is from Turpin, Oklahoma, and they were the Turpin Cardinals. And the town is about half the size of Beaver. Whoa. And so I actually Whoa. met him when I was 13. Everybody would go hang out at his family's house. They had this huge house in the country, this awesome basement. And I say awesome, like I think back on it and it was half unfinished, like, but it had like <laughs> lime green paint and like a pool table. And we were like, sounds awesome to me. We we're like, oh my gosh, there's a huge speaker system. This is the best place to hang out at 13. It was. Yeah. Well, you said it in a basement, right? Yeah. Cause y'all were in Oklahoma yeah. where tornadoes happen. Oh, we grew up. Like I remember like babysitting and I was like, pulling mattresses out i'm like we have tornado coming like we knew how to ta- like just handle it oh my when gosh. we were little kids but we kind of sound redneck because even when we used to live up there if there was a tornado coming through instead of like going in the basement we would like grab a sweet tea go sit on the porch and watch the storm until it got to the point where we're like we should probably go yeah. <laughs> but my husband's actually a sort a certified storm chaser so we had a beat up pickup he would like go like twister style like tornado chasing with his Whoa. best friend yeah okay y'all are so interesting we, oh my gosh yeah y'all are cool we're so weird i love it i i mean <laughs> you're definitely unconventional which makes me love it even more i like, love it's just that. so awesome i love it but yeah basically went over with a friend to their family's house and uh actually ended up going over there because my friend was like oh my gosh you have to go because my husband's brother was gonna be there and she's like he's so cute you have to meet him and You're I was kidding. like, uh, okay, I'll go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Needless to say, like that obviously didn't work out. But then that night I met one of my best friends and my husband and I were best friends forever. And then finally dated like 10 years down the road. Isn't so. that funny how that works out? Were you oh still in Oklahoma gosh. at the time? Where were no. you? Oh, okay. So whenever I was about 15, my parents got divorced. <clears throat> and by the time I was 16, I was actually out in Northern California in San Francisco Bay Area. Wow. Yeah. So my mom. I feel like you'd fit right in in California. Oh my gosh. I loved San Francisco, but I can't do the politics there. That's a whole other podcast in yeah. itself. But um, yeah, I went out there and then I actually hooked my now husband <laughs> up with my best friend at the time and they were previously engaged oh, and she's a wonderful person, but they are just not made for each other. Yes. And there was a whole series of bad events that happened. Yeah. But, um, we always stayed in contact. We always talked things through. Like when something would happen, we would call each other. And I came back to Oklahoma from California to visit my grandpa when I was like 19 or 20. My grandpa had had some health problems and I was like, okay, well, I'll fly out. And I got done with work and it was literally right around Christmas, right after Christmas time. And so I came out, my husband and I like touched base again. Basically, every time I'd come in the area, I would go to his parents' jewelry store. They had a jewelry store up in Kansas. So we all lived in Oklahoma, but his parents' store was in Kansas because it's literally like in the panhandle. Yeah. Like we work in Kansas, live in Oklahoma, fly out of Texas, like super weird just yeah. with where the location is. Yeah. 
super rural. But <laughs> super rural. Rural. I can rural. Say I can't word. either. I'm like, do you over enunciate it? Or do you I, just I do. I'm oh my gosh, I rural. probably rural. Oh my gosh. I never know. But ended up coming back out. We ended up going on a date. Then I flew back to California because at that point I was nannying for a family with two autistic little boys. Oh wow. Because basically I couldn't hardly find a job in California because I didn't have a degree at that mm-hmm. point. I was super young. I was living on my own. And so I took it to Craigslist at the time looking for job postings, worked for this wonderful family, but came well, back to you for venturing off on your own and taking care of yourself. Oh my I think gosh. that's amazing. I was so broke in California. It was nuts. I think everybody's broke in California. Oh my gosh. I remember like being so pumped when I could go buy actual groceries and not like, yeah. Yeah. But, but still, I think it was really great, incredible that you did that. I call that my desert season. I'm like, that was a very dry season. It was a very <laughs> hard season. But um, ended up flying back and my husband called me and was like, hey, there's a gala in rural Oklahoma or Kansas at the point. And he was like, I want you to come back and be my date. I'm like, OK, like, yeah, didn't even think about it. I made like no money. Mm-hmm. I'm like, cool. So I'm going to buy a plane ticket and I don't know how I'm going to afford that. But I did. And ended up flying back to Oklahoma to go to this gala, gala, bash thing, banquet, whatever it was, honestly. It was a banquet. (laughs) But they called it a gala. Oh, come on. (laughs) I was like, all right, I got to wear a pretty dress. We'll go with gala. But um, flew back out. And then he goes, you need to cancel your plane ticket because you're not going back. And then we were engaged six months later and then married about six months after that. Wow. I love it because it's one of those things that was it's almost like an inevitability right like oh. y'all are kind of like doing your own thing but y'all it's almost like well the funniest part was when we got together everyone like my side of the family his side they were like finally and we're like bro could y'all have like told us or given us a hint were y'all really that oblivious okay i was and what's weird is he actually asked me out whenever i was like six, fifteen, right before i moved and we've got a five and a half year age difference and so at that point i was like bro that's like illegal in every <laughs> state like no i said yes then i called him back I was like no I can't do it I can't yeah. do it so timing wise he's older yeah okay. he's five and a half years older so yeah hey I'm sorry when you know you know it's just one of those things. oh he he says all the time he's like I was the one that made it to the friend zone and came out and lived to tell the tale mm-hmm. I'm like well ain't that the truth yeah <laughs> <laughs> hey but now y'all are doing super cool stuff which oh we're gonna my be gosh it's so fun getting to temporarily or in a second because that is just freaking so cool so okay back to website building because you touched on something that oh you know what i'm lying let's go to how <laughs> y'all came to corpus hold on i keep forgetting you didn't start in corpus how'd, no. you, how'd y'all get here okay so my father-in-law was they had that store up in kansas we were working with them at that point we'd been married and we'd already um we hadn't had London yet. We hadn't, we hadn't even been married a year at this point. And my father-in-law for the longest time had been trying to find another jewelry store because he does not want to retire. He loves doing what he does. That's so awesome. And they looked everywhere from different islands to actually part of California where I moved from. And I honestly prayed against, so I was like, no, I don't want to go back there. Really? Yes. Cause it was just even such, with family, even with family. Like wow. my mom was out there, but I still like, it's just not for me. Yes. And so they ended up finding one down here. Cause Suzanne's was being sold at that point from a gentleman that everyone knows, Denny Bales. Mm-hmm. And, um, basically my father-in-law had slipped on the ice one too many times, did not like the cold weather. And so he wanted somewhere that was similar in terms of the vibe of the people and everything like that, but that had warmer climate. Mm -hmm. So they came down to Corpus and purchased Suzanne's. And then we stayed up in Kansas for a couple of years running that store. And the market up there totally changed. Um, In what way? 
just not really pro small business during the season that we were there. Ugh. That's the easiest way I can say it. Mm-hmm. Um, it was during a big transitional point with their economic crews and stuff like that. Like, oh, it was just really weird. So we closed that, thankfully, while it was still in the green and came mm-hmm. down here to help at this store. And so that at that point was when Suzanne's became nothing but family owned and operated. How cool is so that? It, it was super fun. Like they came down here and fell in love. We came down for the grand opening. We loved and it. And had never been here before. No, we had never been here until the grand opening with Suzanne's after the buyout. And I was like, okay, this place is pretty cool. Like I could do this. Like this is like the best of both worlds. It has like the, the silver lining of California, but it has like that small town feel without being like, beaver yeah and i still love beaver <laughs> but i don't think i could live there like live th- i need a target and i definitely need a chipotle like, i know what you non-negotiable mean. i know what you mean. i mean it's, yeah whenever you are uh, privy to those kinds of things and then are oh. without you're like okay I, I did like to have those perks i'm glad that you like corpus initially oh i know gosh. some people are apprehensive about it oh, when they first come oh my gosh like everybody has like their two cents about why not to like it mm-hmm. and then you have the other people that are like i love it born raised here would never leave yep so we got here, basically claimed it, prayed really hard before we actually purchased our house and then felt like the Lord was like, no, this is home base. Like I might send you other places, but you need to set up camp in Corpus. So we bought our house. We tried to find like a house in a neighborhood that was like as much small town feeling as possible. Like all the kids will like run out to the ice cream truck. It's super cute. I love it. That's so, like my neighborhood. I love that. Yeah. Like I can leave our front door open on a Sunday and our kid can run in and out if he wants to. Okay. That's cool. Like, honestly, it was kind of weird at first whenever our neighbor's kids are coming in. Yeah. And then our neighbor's like, are my kids here? I'm like, oh, it's the city. <laughs> we have to be careful with these things. <laughs> yeah. So that some rules got put in place after that. But no, I, I think that's neat that you feel like it's home now. Yeah. Yeah. It is home. Like, it's so weird. Like, we'll go back to technical, like, hometown, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. And it's so fun going back and we love it. And it's just so quaint and like, it's just got so many feel good things. I want to go. And then we come here and I make the joke all the time that our refineries are almost like Emerald City. Cause then we come back, it's late at night typically. Mm-hmm. Cause it's like a 13 hour drive. Yeah. And it's like lit up green. And so I'll, it's so weird. Cause like the third time we were coming back, I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm so happy. <laughs> I was like watching the refinery fire. Tell- oh my gosh. I was so pumped. Well, Cause it's weirdly pretty you it, know especially it at is night when and you think about lights. it you're like that's the character that's part of corpus's like bedrock yep. like that's huge absolutely and so you get really weirdly excited to see that and then we see a palm tree and we're like oh my gosh we're home we're officially home <laughs> we're oh home. yep there's the humidity we're absolutely then you open home. the car door and your glasses fog up. yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's so great so when did you decide to start pursuing the social media stuff like as a contractor and the website developing as a side gig as a side gig it would have probably been I didn't honestly choose it really um it started whenever I was working in the jewelry store up in Kansas and they had a horrible website like legit horrible they were like I could do it I'm (laughs) girl I bet you could do like way better but um I basically just did it on my own and canceled all their contracts and then went to my father-in-law was like, so don't kill me. (laughs) It was like, but I built you something better and you no longer have your current website. Wow. And he literally at that point was when he was kind of like, um, okay. And then he saw the new website and that one actually was, we got recognized multiple times with different jewelry industry trade publications for how good it was. And I honestly, looking back is pretty janky. It is not good. Still, But, um, at that point, then other local businesses, like these small mom and pop shops, were like, hey, can you help me with mine? 
And I was like, yeah, sure, I guess. And then it just kind of started that way. And it's honestly all word of mouth. I don't do any, any marketing for myself on that part because the work speaks for itself. I'm like, um, like people can just go there or I would rather have somebody say, Hey, you need my girl that built our website. She, she does great on it. She's quick. Let me get you her number because it's relationships that are, it's like that, like seven degrees of Kevin Bacon. Like someone always knows somebody that knows somebody. So yeah, that's a very real thing. And I would rather know the people that I'm working with than like contract out and never speak to these people face to face or even on the phone. Mm -hmm. Like I hate people can do that. People that can like power to you. The small town girl in me is like, no, I need to know you. I need to know your mom. (laughs) Like, are you from a good family? (laughs) And I think you also get a feel for what they might like after interacting with them more personally. Like the key thing to everything I try and build is I'm like, I want your personality. Like I can put something together and I can make it look pretty. But at the end of the day, I want someone to look at your website and then be able to come into your business and not feel like it's two totally different things. Mm -hmm. Like I want them to feel like they can connect with you both online and offline. Yeah. And I don't want to be a part of that other than just like putting you on like what you have in person together and then putting it online. So no, I, I think that's really important. And I think like someone like me who doesn't delve in that kind of stuff yeah. at all doesn't realize like, yeah, that makes perfect sense. Like if I have a business I'm running, that website should be yeah. representative of the actual business and not just yeah. something some random person puts together. Oh, it's so weird. Cause I've seen it when people do that. And then I've had people request stuff like that. And I'm like, okay, can I advise against it? Mm-hmm. And then sometimes they don't want that and it's just a, okay, well, I still like you. I'm going to help you. And then there's been times where I've divorced people that I'm like, I'm sorry. And we're just not going to work together. Yeah. Like that's okay. I'll connect you with people you need to be connected with, but I don't think I can help you. So no, that's important when, when doing business. And I think it's good to, I don't want to say protect yourself, but you know, no, just know like where, okay. Like it might be time for us to kind of part ways, but you know, I I can help you in terms of like resources kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's, that's really important. So have you always been that way? Like where you just make a decision and execute it (laughs) and then be like, Hey, I do this now. Um, well, for your father-in-law. Oh, my gosh. What a gosh. cool move to make. And I it just was love so that it's just executive decision. And honestly, I was like, okay, we just I just got engaged to your son. Um, you can't be that mad at me because, one, I've kind of got like a grace period, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. But he's known me since I was 13, so he knows my personality type. And from there, like, we ended up, like, he was still a little unsure. And then whenever I was, like, setting up the Facebook page at that point, like, there was no Insta at that point. Right. Like, this was back was when. Was that a hard sell or were you, like, oh, no. so let me, hard. Let's do this, y'all. I was, like, just let me try. And he's, like, I don't really see the value in it. Like, he's very much, like, he's so traditional in that sense. And I love that traditional sense mm-hmm. because it is so foundational to small business, especially nowadays when everyone thinks that they can just slap on a business license and they have a business, mm-hmm. you have a name. A business is yes. the heartbeat behind it. Yes. And he has that so well, but that traditionalism really was kind of hard once social media started making that climb. And so I just started doing it. I and mean, then, especially when it comes to promoting a business. I mean, it's one thing to be like, oh, yeah. I'm going to get on social media and like yeah. my friend's pictures. Oh, yeah. But another thing entirely to be like, you want me to do what with my business well, on especially what? Especially when there was like no market for social media at that point, really, especially <laughs> in the jewelry industry. At that point, jewelry industry is about like five to 10 years behind. Mm-hmm. And why but is that? I don't really know. But I'd have to agree with you on the, some of the jewelry pages I follow. Yeah. Like they're, they're trying, but they're not like, where other 
businesses it's are. very weird like it was one of those like when we first set up the facebook page i didn't even tell him for the first month like after he said no <laughs> i still went into <laughs> my <laughs> office and set it up i'm definitely seeing a trend your mom said you're not 18 you need to stop <laughs> i didn't stop <laughs> <laughs> so i was like no like i'm gonna do it and then i came and brought the results back from it like for about a week, I told people on social media, I was like, if you come in to look at this piece of jewelry, make sure you say you saw it on Facebook. And at that point, nobody was saying like, I saw this on Facebook. Wow. And so we started having that happen. What amazing and then, foresight. And though. so then I literally like took all the results. I was like, this is how many followers we have. This is how much interaction we have. This is, if you divide this by this, this is how our engagement is currently. Like, this is really good. And he was like, oh. All right, do what you want to do then. And it's free. And that was my thing is I'm like, this is free marketing Mm -hmm. to not. I'm like, if you don't grab something that you have at that kind of disposal, like at that point, it's just kind of dumb. Yeah. Like, yeah. Thankfully, everyone's on social media nowadays. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of cool to like look back and be like, oh, my gosh. Like, I remember doing MySpace for business. Really? Yeah. What? Yes. I I was never on MySpace. I'm not familiar with MySpace. I just know it taught people how to code. I had a top eight. I was like, (laughs) and then I brought it down to a top four. Like you really knew you made the cut when I had my top four. I had like, (laughs) at that point I thought I was emo. So I had like all my music and my little backgrounds on it. But that's such a neat, I mean, it was unique to that individual. MySpace was cool. I don't care what anyone says. Like MySpace was my jam forever. But I even did it for like a small little boutique at that point on MySpace out in California. And we would get customers from that. So man it was really weird no but i just think it's cool that you you saw the potential in it and yeah. ran i mean myspace i don't think like i said i'm not familiar with myspace but i haven't heard of people yeah. utilizing it to their advantage in that way which i think is so amazing thankfully it died along with all the bad photography that was once on it oh, girl. oh my gosh yeah like, i'm like no. my mental image of myspace is literally just all the stereotypes that you see about myspace oh my now gosh it's terrible oh but I mean, even still like it, it, it was so neat and like you said it was before facebook and all that stuff i yeah. mean now everything's so sophisticated and streamlined and so it was oh cool my gosh, to see it's people so annoying now <laughs> i'm just gonna say it like i hate yes, how streamlined please. social media is it's nowadays so streamlined. i'm like i don't I, everyone's like oh this is the highlight reel yeah we get that like but at the end of the day like you're the one that's still putting it out there mm-hmm. and i'm like okay can we just get back to being people yeah <laughs> like, ah, yes i don't want to sell to somebody that's being paid off by a brand i want to sell to a person that i'm actually gonna like see at a coffee shop or at the grocery store like just no <laughs> no I, I know what you mean yeah sometimes i feel like i'm, I'm between two worlds because i'm still i know kind of i still have to technically way. do it yeah but yeah, but but yeah, I, I'm I'm with you there, and, and I appreciate you yeah. saying that because you know a, a lot of us are thinking it, but how how many people are saying it? Yeah. So when did you start venturing out and becoming so involved with like the local scene here? Because you did that shop small crawl video for oh, uh, the Made in Nikki. Corpus Christi. Yes, I Nikki's amazing. Shout out Nikki. Um, that video was so good, and you were just fantastic and so you know you know what i mean like how did you start mingling with the locals in that kind of way so when we first moved down to corpus um and basically the jewelry store became nothing but family owned and operated you have four transplants from rural oklahoma now in corpus christi trying to navigate a whole new market Mm -hmm. and it's and by the way, you clearly have a knack for marketing. It's clearly. a totally different dynamic. Like I was like, oh, I can just bring what I knew in San Francisco this direction. Absolutely not. 
I was trying stuff that we did in San Francisco and it was flopping. And so I was like, I was like, I have to get to know people here. Mm -hmm. And so we've always been big, no matter where we've been location wise to get plugged into some kind of organization, something to actually like get connected with, with the community. And so I actually was in junior league for a little bit. Oh, wow. And I only did about a year there. And then I went back to college to finish a degree that I've been trying to do for like ever. Oh, yeah, that's so, the beauty of college. I know. I finally finished it. It just took a decade. Did you really? Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. What's it in? Um, I got my degree in biblical studies. Very so good. Really that is fantastic. But so I was in junior league, got connected to a bunch of wonderful women that way. Um, we hooked up really early on with Minta Moore with New Life Refuge Ministries. Mm-hmm. And then we were plugged in with another church at one point when we first moved down here. And we got involved with a bunch of other stuff that way. And honestly, it just kind of happened. <laughs> like relationships got built. And then it was one of those like, I'm like, hey, I make videos. Can I make a video for you? And honestly, I didn't start making I didn't make my first video until literally like January 2019. Seriously? Yeah. What was your first video? Oh, my gosh. It was terrible. I need to know. It was it was literally for our vlog. Like I was like, babe, we should start a vlog. Like we would watch them all the time on YouTube. Like I love travel vlogs. I like lifestyle vlogs. I want to see just fun content, not polished, just life. And uh, we were both like, yeah, let's do this. So we went and bought a camera and I was like, this is a good camera. Like this is really good. And like, <laughs> Are you mocking your past? I self? am. I'm like, gosh, <laughs> if I knew what I knew now. And I remember making it and like, doing this horrible slow motion effect on it like our first video was like us around the house like just introducing ourselves we're like hi we're the bartell family and we're starting a vlog um that slow motion i love that but like they say everybody's first whatever is always i'm so excited like five years down the road to do like a reaction video to my first (laughs) video let the family watch like watched it i was like i can't believe i thought that i remember putting that thing out there and being like that was sick that looked (laughs) so good and now I'm watching it. I'm like, oh you my a different gosh. Person. I'm like, I have so But that evolved. was in, in uh, what'd you say? 2019? Yeah, it was literally it's a year like ago. A year. Girl, <laughs> you're like it. making leaps and bounds. I saw it and then I saw someone else's and I'm like, yeah, I got to get to that point. I can't do this. But you got to start somewhere. I know. And my favorite like thing that is that be brave enough to suck at something new. Mm-hmm. And i be honest, like those first like three videos really sucked. Like really bad. I can't wait to watch them. Oh my gosh. I'm pretty sure I've taken like two of them down. Well, I went back. I have to put them up. <coughs> I went back to just kind of review your videos before I came to talk to you. And I saw the one where you shaved your head. Oh, that one was fun. Y'all were out. cracking me up with that one. Oh my gosh. So like my commentary was all like musical theater stuff. I'm like, I look like Anne Hathaway from Les Mis. I rewatched. I was like, who is going to know what I'm referencing? I have like anybody f- our age. I had like <laughs> five to 10 people that I ran into that next week. And they're like, oh my gosh, that comment was so funny. I'm like, the Uncle Fester cutaway <laughs> to me was funny. We're not going full f- full Fester, <laughs> and then it went to the cutaway to. Fester. I love doing that kind of stuff though, because everyone needs that framework of reference. But no, it, it was great. It was fun. I was I so scared at one it. point because I like felt part of my hair so fine. I, like it was getting short, 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 and I was like, "Babe, like, are we going too short?" Like there was one point that I cut out because I was like, "Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh!" <laughs> well, y'all, I'm, I'm I was sorry. like, "We're so into this." Y'all need to check out the video. It's at the Bartell family on YouTube. Oh my gosh! <laughs> um, but that, I, I could pick apart that video in terms of how funny it is because oh it's like gosh. you take your hair down and it just like stays put. <laughs> I was like, "It's so nasty." <laughs> I mean, it was just funny. I was a and dirty you're, like, ponytail. To go at it with the clippers, and you're like, "Oh, I think I need to cut it." <laughs> I'm supposed oh, to. We didn't watch any. <laughs> videos first 
but I love it because like you said, you appreciate like the raw realness, you know, like, like you're not being like super prepared, super poised or whatever. We did be. our time doing it that way. And it's so not fun. Like, so it's just not. what made you decide to do a vlog as a family? Because, you know, a lot of yeah. people can kind of independently be like, hey, I'm going to do a thing, whatever it may be, um, something I'm personally into. But what I think is neat is that you're incorporating your husband and yeah. your son. So for the longest time, I actually had my own separate like blog, podcast and everything. We just didn't do video called Undeniably God Ministries. Mm-hmm. And we I basically had a group of about 40 different contributors from all over the world that would contribute different faith based content. Wow. And it was my baby. Like that yeah, was my thing. Network. And what? I did it by myself and I was like oh I can do this I'm gonna boss babe this thing it's gonna be so fun and you did and I was exhausted yeah and I got so burnt out but at the end of the day like I was like okay like this is built up and it it was built up so well it was one of those things like you can market yourself as good as you want to do but at the end of the day if it's not sustainable Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. you you don't want to grow beyond your grace (laughs) and so oh good good it was so hard Cause at one point, like I wrote a book from it and everything like that. Like we started doing a devotional series and wow. I was like, Oh my gosh, we're really going to do this. Like we're going to do this. And, um, I was like, I'm not happy. I'm really tired. I'm sharing like content and stuff that I love and I'm very privileged to share it. And then it took so long for me to be able to just like be like, okay, like I'm done. Like I can't do this. Um, we have, like the readership was in over 40 countries. Like it was actually really growing. Yeah. That is huge. Like it was taking off, but it was one of those. I was like, okay, but you were, you're a one woman show. I'm like, I, I listed my husband as doing it with me because honestly at that point in our faith walk, I was like, okay, a woman's not supposed to do something unless a man is recovering, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Thankfully we've had revelation since then. And I'm like, no, like my husband's very empowering towards me and it's awesome. Yes. But I listed him and made him like write a blog post like once every six months. So it looked like he was part of it. (laughs) I love it. I I would like write it. I'm like, does this sound like you? He's like, (laughs) yeah, just put my name on it. That's so cute. I'm like, cool. You signed off. Yeah. (laughs) Cause I'm sure he was just kind of like, if you say so, this is your thing. At that point, like folded that and didn't do anything for about a year and a half and just really sat and really wanted, we changed churches at that point. Mm -hmm. And that was really hard on us because we had never switched a church except for moving. Yeah. And thankfully leaving family oh my gosh it's like a severing it's really hard yeah um thankfully relationships that were severed or messed up have been rebuilt since then and it's been awesome we didn't do it right but we were able to teach people and lead them how to leave on good terms if that's what they feel the lord is teaching them to do yeah but um got plugged into a really good church and just sat for about a year and a half and just learned what it meant to be like a daughter (laughs) like Mm -hmm. learned what it meant because i had this huge servant mentality i was like no do 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 just do all the things do all the things do all the things yeah but i didn't know how to just be like a daughter of god like Mm -hmm. i didn't know how to just find my identity in that not my identity in what i do yes oh my goodness girl and i was like okay so for like a year i just sat there and i was like what am i supposed to do like I don't do anything. And I still had my job. I still was a wife. I was still a mother. But you need that creative outlet. And I was like, I didn't know what I needed to do. Like I was still creating for other people, but I wasn't for myself. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, honestly, looking back that I'd really found a healthy balance of being able to create for myself where it was still something that was beneficial to other people beyond Mm -hmm. me. So that kind of came with the videos, but okay, kind of got that part rooted. And we all loved watching YouTube videos together. We had like our favorite people we'd watch. Like it felt super millennial when our son at that point was like 
four or five going, can we watch so-and-so on mm-hmm. YouTube? I'm like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh. I'm already there. Words my dad With never my- said. <laughs> <laughs> the generations have changed. But you know what? My dad does now. Oh, hey, can you find so-and-so on YouTube? It's an act from like oh the 70s, gosh. but I can find them. My dad, <laughs> I love my dad. He's so much of, he's such a traditionalist as one. I think it's that small town vibe. Like I legit just built my dad's website last year too. Like he did not want to get online or anything like that. He doesn't wow. have a Facebook. He has no social media. I get it. It's kind of a pain. You and so to manage it. he's like, I don't want people knowing all my stuff on there. I don't want all that. And so then whenever I started doing it, like my grandma's one that hired me to do it. And then we didn't tell my dad for like a month. And then <laughs> there I told is definitely a trend here. <laughs> I was like, so really looking back, I can blame my grandma because yeah. she went on that one. But my dad she is such an advocate amazing. for it now and has this awesome website and his like they're only on Facebook and it's just a small town grocery store. But hey, it's whatever. I think that's it so works. great. And they can, they can, they realize like I can have fun with this. It's free. Yeah. Um, it's putting my name out there and yeah, it's but neat. I've done everything as a family since I was a little kid. Like m- my dad works with his dad at the grocery store that they've had since 1956. Like Colton works wow. with his dad that they've been in the jewelry industry since the fifties as well. So we've just always done stuff as a family. But when it came to making the videos, I was like, I don't want to be one of those girls. It's like, hi, welcome to my channel. Not making fun of them, but like, I know I wouldn't be able to be authentic that way because it's just me talking to a camera, not with my husband or with my kid. Mm -hmm. And so we grabbed that camera that I thought was super rad and then (laughs) (laughs) just started making it as a family. And it was so cool because like our kid at the time picked up the camera and was like filming portions with us too. And then we really all realize like we like doing this and we really enjoy it. Like I still do all the editing myself. Like we'll all film together, but when it comes to like that back end post production stuff, like that's all on me. Yeah. And I was going to ask about that because film I editing, love that though. okay. Oh, yeah. Film that. editing to me is an art and, and a fun fact you probably, that you probably know, but my listeners might not is that quite a large percentage of Oscar winning films are shot by, you know, a ton of different, uh, filmographers and edited by women yeah so women take all Girl, i have got a book called the female gaze which is all about famous female film Ooh. how do you say that famous female filmmakers and editors Ooh. it's a tongue twister i want this book but i was like okay because i felt like i had like this huge imposter syndrome when i started doing it because You're it's the predominantly guest to bring that up it's predominantly a male dominated field and it's not that i was ever made to feel any less than mm-hmm. like i was surrounded by some amazingly strong creatives that are male mm-hmm. and they were so helpful with it they were inspiring they would i would like message them i'm like okay like what do i do with this like i don't what does this mean <laughs> and they're like oh gosh <laughs> they're like are you charging someone for this i'm like no i just don't know what i'm doing that's hilarious but they were so helpful but at a certain point i was like okay like okay like i can do this yeah and honestly like the, that editing portion like i'll turn on worship music i'll make my that's why i still have coffee i just got done editing our like romania vlog oh like, i can't wait right we're gonna talk about here. that soon and i was like i love that just get some coffee get some worship music pumping and just do it get in your zone oh i love that i do like if i have to do like hardcore edits with like different types of color grading and different effects that's totally different i feel like my music changes like it's a little bit more like the 300 soundtrack i'm like we're going Ooh, at this good one there's some where i really get intense yeah that's like, a good my kid is like <laughs> he's like sitting in here like kind of looking up at me 
Oh my god! Oh my god! I've listened to the three hundred soundtrack in forever. I have no shame. I'm it like, might there's be time. You know what song it is too. I do. One, oh, it's oh my goodness. That one happens, and you're just like, we're gonna do something. Today. Yeah, but I lo- I love that because it's like you're getting in your zone. It's like a creative vortex almost. Yeah. How long does it take you to edit, or like how much time do you spend typically editing, like in general? Oh gosh, if it's like a client project, I'll spend probably about twelve hours just because I want to make sure everything is really well done, and I nitpick like crazy. Mm. But um, I've done some where I'm done within an hour. But if it's like our vlogs, like this one for our Romania video, I have problems with nostalgia. What do when you I'm, mean? When I'm editing our own, like we legit just went last month. Or no, January. Okay. Almost two, a month okay, and a half ago. Okay. And I'm like watching footage. Like I know what parts I want to clip from it because I remember filming it with my husband. And I'm like, oh, look at how young we were. That was such a fun time. And then <laughs> I just stop. And oh, I'm like, editing? yeah. And then I'm like, just like watching that. And then I'm like, oh, we took a bunch of pictures with that too. And then I go down another rabbit hole on my own. I'm like, crap, Morgan, like focus, like edit. Even <laughs> still, I think it's nice that you can take the time to appreciate, like you're working and yet you're, you're still appreciating. Well, and part of our thing with the YouTube channel, like initially we did it because we have family located everywhere. Like I have family in Pennsylvania and California, um, Oklahoma, and a lot of them don't have social media, but you can send a YouTube link mm-hmm. to somebody and be like, hey, and they don't here's what we account. did as a family, like, in case you wanted to watch. And it was kind of just this avenue to share with family and then to document our life to be able to look back on when our kid is 18 years old, 16 years old, just be able to be like, look at what we did. Yes. And it's just kind of become this thing that it's pretty fun. Yeah, it's really cool because y'all did, y'all did a, I wrote it down, y'all did the Corpus Christi Travel Series. We fell into that one okay tell me about it because i think it's so awesome oh my gosh especially because like i said i'm i'm a corpus native so when i see people appreciating it it makes me so happy so that one became way more than we anticipated up until that point i think the most views any of our videos had ever gotten was like 50 to me, that's still something. Honestly, I was like, okay, so we can count basically grandma's moms yes. and everyone. That, that's 10. So anything yeah. over 10, I'm like, <laughs> yes. I'm like, baby, we are influencers. That's what I'm, <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Oh my gosh. I firmly believe that. And I was like, okay, okay. And I've always said that silly thing that everyone says that's so true. Like if you have one follower, you have influence. Mm-hmm. So make sure you're doing something that's going to be representing whatever you're trying to share well. Yes. <laughs> and so I was like, oh my gosh, like. We can do something fun. Like at that point we had tried to really be travel vloggers. Like we went on a ton of trips last year and it was awesome. But then there's off season. Like we don't travel because it's more expensive during a certain portion of the year. And I was like, right. Ooh, we need content. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> the YouTube algorithm's that? a jerk. Like you, <laughs> they want you to post like three times a week. And we are like, we can at least do once a week. Like yeah. we can do that. And then like summertime hit and we were like, we have nothing to post like anything. And so we had these two cameras that we had grown at that point. We had two cameras and we were like, we should just do something around Corpus. Like we can still practice like our travel vlogging for sure. Just around the city. Like someone might like it. And so we did the Corpus Christi murals. And at that point there was not that many, like they have popped up like crazy yeah. in the but last six months. I think it's months. an excellent idea though for y'all to go and hit them up. Cause a lot of people forget about them or don't realize somewhere we where they the are. We had the hardest time finding a list of them all. And at that point, there was like two that we really w- were going to include, but there was so much drama going on with the people that had painted it and oh, stuff like I know that. What you're talking about. And so we were like, okay, just to avoid 
getting on either party and to cause any problems like let's just hit up these ones and we literally just grabbed sodas after church and grabbed our cameras and we we're like let's go look at murals today and film it and that's all we did and then edited it put it up on the internet and I we at that point we didn't even have like our Facebook or Instagram separated like it was all on my personal mm-hmm. and I posted that and um what was funny was my brother was here visiting because I was editing a school project for him. Are you serious? Yeah. That's amazing. And um, he drove 13 hours so I could edit it for him because he's like, my buddies want to charge me. And I'm like, bro, just come here. I got you. Whoa. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah, he was here for well, like you two solid weeks. you editing skills. I'll have to tell you what we edited after this because it was awful and yeah. it was awesome. <laughs> but <laughs> I can't wait. But um, so I posted that and we went basically we went to dinner. And then by the time we got home, like I didn't really look at my phone. My, I mean, family was visiting. Yeah. And then the next thing I know, someone like I had all these text messages of people going, holy crap, did you see what your video is at? And I was like, what video? Like, I just like forgot. <laughs> forgotten. I was like, no, nah, we went and got Chinese food. Yeah. Like I was in a whole other realm. <laughs> and so I'm like looking at it, I'm like, huh. I was like, holy cow, like 2000 in like two hours like for me that's nothing i was like that's big that's huge for my personal page and i was like i've done that for clients and stuff like that with other videos but i was like huh that's crazy and then the next thing i know is i wake up the next morning and i'm seeing it at like thirteen thousand and climbing and all these different things and i was like wow what the heck and then we're getting i was getting private messages from people kind of like you that were born and raised here like these beautiful notes of people saying thank you Mm -hmm. thank you for adopting our our city and showing it in a good light and that was one of those moments i was like babe like we have to do something with this Mm -hmm. like we have to and so then we ended up like showing the coffee shops the antique stores and stuff like that it's freaking cool and it was so fun because like we go antiquing like every other week like we love to do that on date days we just grab a coffee and go and so doing that and then having people reach out now going hey i want to take my mom that's visiting to a good place for seafood where do we go and i'm like oh cool we can research and find it yes we can totally do this but isn't that neat that like you guys came here and now you can be used as a reference to it's hit so up weird. good local places. And that's what I love so much is that it's I you're supporting local. That's my heart. And I think it is coming back from that, like being raised by both my parents owned their own businesses, that whole like longevity of family continuing on what the previous generation did. And so it's one of those where I'm like local is like these people aren't just building a business to like last until they die. They want something that they can build that will have impact that will last and go on and on and on. Yes. And so it's kind of that same thing. Like I would rather spend a little bit more money shopping local or supporting local than going big box store or chain. Yeah. I say that, but I live at Chipotle, so that's chain. But yeah, but, but we mean, also know Robert, who's the manager there. And so I'm like, at that point, I'm like, he's a buddy. So it feels no, like we're I shopping mean, local. We all, I mean, everybody, you have to be real. I mean, there's some chains you enjoy. My chain is Wings and More. Uh, oh, I think I've been Texas. there once. Oh my gosh, I love Wings and More. <clears throat> but that's the hard part because it also forced us to get out of our bubble because we're very much creatures of habit. Yes. Like we do all these crazy weird Ooh, things. That's cool. But we are very much like we'd get out of church on a Sunday. We'd go to the same restaurant, order the same dish, come home, watch the same movie. Mm -hmm. And I love that kind of stuff. Like I know how I've had my coffee the same way for the last 10 years. Like I love I'm basically 80 years old at heart. No, I I get there's there's comfort and familiarity. But it got to the point where you get stagnant. Mm -hmm. And then you think about it and you're like, if water just stays still, it just forms bacteria and crud. And then it's not flowing. There's no life to it. Like it's dead. So I'm like, okay, like 
I want my goal in life is to live some live a life that I don't need to retire from. I love that quote and so, so much. I'm like, okay, that means I have to take full advantage of living beyond my bubble. Like, I feel like everyone lives in this little bubble where this is where I work. This is where I go to school. This is where I get my groceries. This is where I go to church and I'd never leave this. Mm-hmm. But then it's like, okay, just drive a block out of that. And what might you bump into? Yes. Like you never know. You really don't. Well, you guys do way more than just drive a block out of your bubble. You guys prioritize (laughs) traveling. And what was it you were telling me? You prioritize a family trip. Tell it to me again. So every single year, my husband and I take a trip, just us two. And Mm -hmm. we try and go somewhere overseas because one, it's just you get both of you out of your element and you get to see how each other are on this more like spontaneous, adventurous level. But it's just something weird and it's going to sound so strange but i like how small international travel really makes me feel no i like love that. because i think sometimes we become the center of our own universe mm-hmm. and we think that the world revolves around our not even just ourselves but like our city and our little region yes. and then you get somewhere where you know nobody you don't know the language you don't know the food but you interact and people are still the same mm-hmm. but you realize how small you are in this grand picture that is all working together. It's the best of reality Oh checks. my gosh. And there's this moment whenever you like see it in the plane when you're up in the air and you like see where you are and it's over the ocean and you're over nothing basically. I don't know why I love that. Yeah, like, most people freak. I'm like, <laughs> I don't know why I do. Like I legit might have these little freak out moments when turbulence hits, which is wild. I hate turbulence, but I love to travel. Yeah. So it's very hard. Dynamic. Hey, I mean, it's one of those things. It's, it's, it's like a, yes, that <laughs> compromise. But, um, I don't know. It just keeps me grounded. But the fact that we get to do it together and we get to bring out the best in each other while we're traveling. Like um, last year we did Amsterdam and my husband is his first degree is in art. He loves all art, (laughs) like art history. Like he's tremendously gifted with like painting and building. Like we have a garage, but it's a wood shop. (laughs) Like we can't park cars in there. How cool is that? So like he'll just be like, I just want to make something. But we got to go over there and half the reason we chose, I chose that one. Like I booked that to be a surprise Christmas gift to him. Couldn't keep it a surprise because no then all way. these, all these dates started happening where they were like, he's like, yeah, I need to be doing this on this date. I'm like, no, you can't. <laughs> you but can't. I can't tell you I'm why. like, oh, your mom knows your dad knows. Like we all have this figured out. If yeah. you say yes, like it's all messed up. <laughs> but I booked it to be during the Amsterdam light festival. And then um, I knew they had the Van Gogh Museum. Oh, my gosh. And I'm probably Van Gogh, however (laughs) you say it. I don't know. Oh, no, I never say it right then. I didn't know I said it wrong until I went to Amsterdam. (laughs) (laughs) But we got to go over there, and I got to see. I'd never seen that part of him because I didn't go with him to college. Like, I didn't see him light up in that way. So then watching him, like, look at these pieces of art that he studied and seeing them face-to-face, like, not face-to-face, but in person. You're right. There's this humbling moment of being like, this is a part of you that I've never seen, but Mm -hmm. it's also this like connection to your past and it's so beautiful that is and beautiful. it's so strange with someone you love so much and i think that's that and it's one of those silly things too of being like hey like let's go eat food we can't pronounce and run around a city that we can't speak to anybody like it's literally just us and then we try and do a trip with our son every other year overseas so last year that kicked it off um this year we are actually vacationing back in oklahoma to visit family we have some stuff going on beaver yeah i'm so stinking excited (laughs) i'm excited because there's all these little towns around that no one ever knows about so i told my husband i was like we're travel vlogging in beaver oklahoma please please do and he was like i think that'd be awesome yeah i I agree because you're used to seeing like the 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 big tourist spots. yes big tourist spots or places that you know are going to photograph well or 
you yeah. know what I, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, but I mean, I was like, let's do that. We can do like little day trips to other little towns that have all these really cool things. Like you couldn't spend a week there, but my goodness, you could do a little road trip through that area. And so I'm excited. When is this happening? Like this week. When I know <laughs> we leave Sunday. Oh, are you serious? No, this we leave Monday. I didn't soon. realize it was that. That's why I've been like hectically editing. <laughs> I thought I had like three more weeks and then I realized it's March and I haven't done anything. So are y'all going to be, well, I'll ask you this after the fact. Oh, you're good. <laughs> uh, what's it called? So, okay. I'm very excited for that. I'm also very excited for your part two that you just posted I of being l- in Romania. Yes. That was a beautiful, I mean, just the pictures were so beautiful and the little snippets of video I'm that I've so seen. I'm so pumped about this video that we just posted and then the one coming next week. But this one, like the one we posted previously was like us traveling to Romania and honestly it was a lot of airplane footage like I watched it I was like okay Morgan like get creative like yeah. <laughs> cool we get it you wash your face on a plane like that's eh, cool I tend to just stick in my stay in my seat like no. I, I've flown to Europe a couple of times I'm like I don't want to move I don't want to make anyone else move my gosh I'm I not one doing be... like ballerina moves in the back I'm like gotta keep the blood <laughs> circulating no blood I like blood. know all my like <laughs> my stewardesses I'm like so where where did you grow up <laughs> I love that maybe I'll be that way now we'll see oh my gosh but uh it's gonna be it's so good so something you missed mentioned earlier that I want to get back to is you said when you realized that the the um, podcast and all that stuff that you were doing <clears throat> was getting to be too much and you had to step away yeah how did you do that because sometimes I'm like very if hard I ever had to step away from something I love so much like the podcast or something like I would feel like I would struggle with it I did really bad um I tell myself like I don't even tell myself this like this was told to me and I never like really listened to it especially when you come into ministry people tend to like hold it with a closed fist and white knuckle quote unquote their ministry Mm -hmm. and you don't think anything about it at the time because you you're like I just want to make sure I'm stewarding it well and there is a truth to that but then when you're white knuckling it you don't realize that you're doing it wrong because at that point I was like okay I'm doing something for the Lord here and I'm white knuckling this thing when really I need to be open palmed like lifting it up as almost like an offering to the Lord of like, do with it what you will, but I want to be a vessel worth using. Like there's the scripture that says we'll be, I can't ever remember where anything is, but I could find it if we need to, but we'll be held accountable for every word and deed unspoken and spoken. And I was like, I had always heard the word part and that was always hard. Cause I'm very outgoing and mm-hmm. blunt. And I'm like, okay, everyone's like bridle your tongue. I'm like, mm, not going to work for me. <laughs> Thankfully that's changed. But the Lord really pointed out deed like and action like we have an accountability for that as well and I was like okay like I am a good person like I do good stuff but then I was like am I doing that with everything and that was really hard to lay down because that was like my baby that was my dream forever as I was like I want to do ministry full-time I want to write books I want to do this and then I was doing that and it was fulfilling in the spiritual sense, but it was very unfulfilling in the fact that I was kind of, like I said, doing it outside of the grace that was on my life at that point. Right. And I was making it happen. And I know this is probably one of those unpopular opinions. Like I'm not a big, like self love, like do this, do this. You can do this. You can do this. I do believe that we have a big portion to play in that. Like we have a responsibility to do what we're supposed to do that the Lord has predestined us to do. Mm -hmm. And so it came down to that point of being like, okay, like I don't want to do anything without God on it. And honestly, at this point, like it took so much prayer and I just had to like really settle that fact that I'm like, Lord, like I don't feel you on this Mm -hmm. and I have to be okay with putting this away. Mm -hmm. And I did not want to at all. Cause at that point, like (laughs) we were, we were talking with people 
in other countries that were sitting there going, I almost came, I was going to commit suicide. And then I came across this post that so-and-so wrote on your, on your website. And they're like, I read it three times and I didn't commit suicide. I wanted to let you know that it really helped me. And I was like, Oh my gosh, like, like this is doing something. Yeah. This is doing something. And then I was like, okay, I have to trust the Lord enough to know that he's going to take care of his people. Like he loves us more than we love each other. Like really at the end of the day. And so I was like, okay, like, there's something else for me. Mm-hmm. This isn't my end game. This isn't like my retirement. It's not like I'm like washed out and done, like never going to do anything with it. It was just almost like there was a season of reformatting what that was going to look like. But it was super hard. It was like a death in the family. It was so bad. Like I remember bawling my eyes out in that room the moment I clicked delete. Cause I was like, Oh, I'll just like, oh. I'll unpublish everything. I'll just yeah. unpublish it. But that's not getting rid of it. No. Like at that point you're just basically like hiding it. Yeah, pretty much. And I was like, you can oh. always reference it. And I was like, I can always go back. Like so many people have written all these beautiful articles and I reached out to all of them that were writing for us at the time. And they were like, if that's what you feel the Lord is doing, like we stand by you a hundred percent. I was like, no, somebody say, say no. no. That's interesting. And I was like, okay, like it's going to be okay. And then I clicked delete, bawled my eyes out, stood up. And it was almost like this immediate weight had lifted off that I didn't even, done. I didn't even know it was there. Wow. And so that lifted and I was like, okay. And then there was a whole slew of healing that I had to work through in terms of just like my thought process of what I do is what validates me. What I do is my identity. Yes. And being like, no, like if I never do anything like that ever again, like, will I be okay? And I'm like, yeah, like I will. Like the world didn't stop turning. Jesus didn't come back prematurely. Like it's going to be fine. And you put that on a recent post. Yeah. You said if it, if it, if the world doesn't stop turning. And we'll um, yeah. Like my mother-in-law always says this thing that stuck with me. She says, if the world doesn't stop turning, then the, it's not that big of a deal. Yeah. And then I can't remember where I heard it, but someone said, if it doesn't stop the Lord from returning, it's not that big of a deal. And so I was like, okay, those are two really big ones for mm-hmm. me. Because I'm like, okay, like really how in the grand scheme of things, like how big are our problems? Yes. And like thinking back on it. I love when you put, when people put this in perspective because yes, like it's not that serious. No. And I'm like, at the end of the day, if I never make another video, if I never do another thing, like if my relationship with the Lord is solid and strong, my relationship with my husband and my son is strong, like I'll die happy. That's everything. And I'm very much like as obscure and like random we are with like all the things we take on. Like I'm very much like, I love the homemaking lifestyle. I'm very much like 1950s housewife. Like I love that aspect. Yeah, and, and you, that's what's and important. And it's very countercultural it. now. Well, I mean, even still it's like, but it's, it's our heart. Yeah. This, this day and age, I, I truly believe that it's what makes an individual happy. Yeah. And what makes their heart sore. And like you said earlier, where you feel God yeah. is present. And that's like, I, yeah, that's one of those things of being like, okay, this is why we do everything as a family. Like none of us do anything apart from each other. And even though sometimes we're like, oh no, like this is your season of promotion. Like you're going into something new. No, it affects every single one of us, the dynamic and everything like that. And it does the same in business with everyone you work with as well. So it's like, it's all this like checks and balance kind of thing, but it's also this like being okay when things aren't okay. Mm -hmm. Um, We had, after that whole ministry thing, 
got shut down and all that. And I say got shut down. Like it wasn't me deleting it. Like the Lord was like, shut it down. (laughs) Like it ain't, it ain't, (laughs) that ain't me. (laughs) But after that all happened, like at that point I was going to be going over on a mission trip. Like I was literally on this huge high. I was like, cool. Like I've had this awesome blog, this awesome podcast. Like it's really growing. Like we were listed as one of the top 100 Christian blogs by Feedspot. Like it was all these huge things. I'm like, awesome like my book was all like climbing on the like devotional charts on amazon wow and i was like this is such a high and then like i had this huge dream at this point i was like i've always wanted to go to israel i had always wanted to go to israel and i had taken a huge hiatus from traveling after we got married and uh applied to be a part of this mission team and i was like okay i'm probably not gonna make it on there because it's all like uh, college kids with no no other kids of their own right families <laughs> no marriages I'm like they're not going to take me and then I got a call back within like two hours after applying and all this stuff was just falling into place so I was walking into this really fun season of like oh my gosh I am going to Israel I have this awesome thing like I'm on this high with the Lord and then that all shut down so I'm like having this like mixed like concoction of emotions absolutely like anyone would and that was really weird and then I'm like that whole journey over in the Holy Land like really taught me like there's black and there's white, but gray is also a color and being OK with the gray is huge mm-hmm. because I'm very much like, no, it's either this or it's this. And a lot of people are. And honestly, I, I hate to say it, but 98 percent of the time it's all gray. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like no, if I we think it's black that. and white, it's the lens we're viewing it through half the time. Yes. So. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. And thank you for sharing that. So for someone who maybe is experiencing themselves at a crossroads or identifying their worth with their production, because we're in such like a and I'm not knocking anyone, but the idea of your having to hustle 24 seven all the time in order to be worth like, you know, worth anything, I I don't agree with. So for someone who maybe is feeling that kind of way. Mm-hmm. but maybe needs some relief or maybe needs to reconsider the route they're on, what would you say to them? I would probably ask, like, why do you feel that you need to be doing? Like, I honestly think everybody, especially in the Christian faith, is always like, fear is the worst thing that you can really come up against. Laziness is. I'm like, honestly, I think busyness is. Mm-hmm. Because our everything's so... Busyness is to be praised. Busyness actually shows us that you have worth. Like, oh, you're busy, then you're obviously a productive member of society. No, yeah, you're still productive no matter what you're doing as a member of society, but you might just have a different impact or influence. Yes. And someone else's influence and impact doesn't dictate what yours is. Mm-hmm. And That's beautiful. I, I can't do the same things that other people can. Like I love listening to the women that pop up on this podcast, like Tina Lane, like, Oh my gosh. Like I remember listening to hers and being like, that girl is a hustler. Mm-hmm. Like I think there's a good sense of the word, but at the end For of sure. the day, I'm like, she has balance. Yes. Like she has, from what was shared, like she has balance with her family. You can tell it with the way her kids speak of her. Mm-hmm. Like that's huge. You can tell it with like when you listen to like Lillian and Ashley, like they have balance. Yes. And the thing that comes down to it is if you're living constantly on this basis of I need to do, I need to do, I need to do. I would say challenge yourself and take two days off and don't touch what you do and just sit and do something that you don't typically do. Wow. Like I make it a point once a week and it sounds almost crazy, but I call it my Jesus day. I literally do no work. I read my Bible. I I might listen to some podcasts, but I just do no work whatsoever until I have to pick my kid up from school. Mm -hmm. 
and often that I'll literally amazing. like sit in the corner right over there and just sit for like four or five hours reading and doing nothing. And it was so hard for me to do at first because I was like, no, I need to be doing uh-huh. something. I mean, I'm thinking housework. I was like, I need to clean. I need to yes, do this. I need to yeah. do this. And I still get that way. I'm very much like I, I tell everybody I'm not OCD. I'm not type A. I have a spirit of excellence because yeah. it's not as <laughs> negative. <laughs> like, I love that. It's a spirit of excellence. <laughs> but it's just if you can't rest at the end of the day, like your soul is never going to be settled. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, okay, it's that same mindset. Like if it doesn't stop the world from turning, if it doesn't prevent Jesus from coming back, like it's going to be fine. The laundry will still be there. Yes. The to-do list will still be there. The schedule will still be there. But at the end of the day, like you might be completely exhausted. Like what worth are you going to bring to the table productively in terms of business? If you're tired, like we had to take almost a month off from even editing because we went through some crazy stuff here at our house. Mm-hmm. Like I edited that first Romania video and then three weeks later, I'm finally putting up the other one, yeah. like the next one in the series. And that's not like us, but knowing when you need to pause and that's really hard sometimes, especially when you're like, no, I need to be getting it and I need to be doing all the things. Yeah. But you still manage to do it. And I think it's really amazing that you prioritize you know, like you said, your day, your Jesus yeah. day and, and your family and, you know, whatever comes, whatever needs to come first, yeah. you know, um, like you said, balance is, is so critical to everybody now to just have the settled soul kind of thing. Yeah. And so I want to thank you so My much goodness, Morgan, yes. for letting me come over for talking to me. I mean, I know you're so, so busy and I just appreciate you and Anytime. your vlog and your skills and your awesome, awesome perspective. I mean, just talking to you was enlightening and, and I got so much out of it and I just appreciate you so much. Oh, thank you, friend. <laughs>